This podcast brought to you by Basecrete, leaders in waterproof bond coatings for the swimming pool and construction industry. So I'm with Trey Linnae today. Uh, he's with Star Matthews. Uh, Trey's an expert in pool insurance for pool builders and pool contractors. He's going to be giving us a little bit of information about why pool contractors need a certain level of insurance, what level of insurance they need to be carrying, and uh, provide us some more information and background about that. Thanks for joining us today, Trey. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Joe. Hey, Trey, I understand that you're working with a, a few different pool builders and that you've provided information in the past for uh, pool construction companies that are thinking about getting into this arena and maybe don't have a, a ton of information about what kind of coverage that they need and how much coverage that they should be carrying. Can you help us fill in some of the blanks for uh, pool contractors and maybe answer some of those questions that, that you get from uh, time to time from pool builders? Sure. Um... I actually lead Star Matthews' pool program, and uh, that started organically probably uh, almost four years ago. And in that time, we've, we've grown from our footprint as far as, and, and also as our customer base. Uh, we insure over 50 pool builders, service companies, supply houses, uh, gunite specialists, shot creep, plaster guys. Um, it's really grown in every direction. And uh, the level of coverage you need, I guess, would depend on the sophistication of your operation. But I would suggest that from the bare minimum, you would want general liability as well as workers' compensation insurance. And why do, why do swimming pool contractors need insurance? I mean, why is it an absolute essential that, they, that they're covered? Uh, that's a great question. Um, Basically, I would suggest any, any contractor or, or business have insurance. Uh, you're putting all your blood, sweat, and tears in, in building a business and, and building your personal assets, and, and the insurance would be there uh, to pick up the pieces if you ever have a, a claim situation or a, a lawsuit or there, you know, there's a litany of things that could happen. And uh, for a small cost, you can offset that risk by um, getting commercial insurance to protect both you personally and your business. Hey, listen, there's a whole bunch of different kinds of insurance out there. I mean, what type of liability insurance do swimming pool contractors need? I mean, I know there's pollution insurance, general liability insurance, commercial vehicle liability insurance. There's a tons of different insurance, umbrella insurance. I mean, really, what, what should these guys be focused on in getting their organization set up? And what kind of insurance do you think is like the most common packages that pool contractors really need for their business? The general liability would be the number one uh, suggestion. And those usually come in, in industry standard uh, coverage limits. You'll hear the term 1 million, 2 million GL limits. And what that means is you've got $1 million of coverage for any one occurrence, one claim. Um, and then you've got up to $2 million for the policy term, which means you could have two $1 million claims or four half million dollar claims or $20,000 claims. Now, obviously, you're not in business to have a lot of claims, and that's not something to worry about. But basically, the general liability is there to protect you um, for property damage that you do while you're on your customer's site um, or maybe um, pick up the liability for any products or services you provide. What kind of risks and exposures are pool contractors looking at typically? I'd say the most, the most common is just going to be some type of property damage. So you're digging a, a pool at, at, at a residence and, you know, you back your bobcat or your excavator up to, to make more room or, or dig a different part of the pool. 
And before you know it, you've backed into um, the home or a fence or something along those lines. And so that's property damage. And that's a general liability claim. Um, those are probably the most common. The ones that, that would probably keep pool builders up at night or the ones that, that I always warn people about, and, and we don't sell anything in our program that would include this, is pop-up coverage. Um, when you're doing work in a pool, sometimes you have to drain it, or if it doesn't have enough water in it and the, the hydrostatic valves aren't functioning properly, uh, water the water table up under the pool can rise because of a big storm or um, some other situations, and that would cause that shell of the pool to, to literally come up out of the ground and it may only, it may come up a foot and then settle back down 10 inches, um, which doesn't sound like that much, that two inch difference. But what could happen is it can rip out all of your electrical or mess up the plumbing aspects of the pool. And then you've got a big mess and, and you, are, you have already had uh, a lot of time and materials and getting the pool to that stage of development. Uh, so you, you would consider that to be more of a structural defect and less of a force majeure kind of issue, right? Correct. And, and most standard insurance policies have exclusions for that. And so we've been able to get our, our partners in our pool program to be sure that's included at various levels of coverage, various limits. And we don't have a lot of claims like that, but that's the one that as a pool builder, I would be the most concerned about. What about completed operations exposure? So, I mean, this gets back to pools popping, but it also talks about other things like, say, a suction's improperly installed. There's been horror stories of like swimming pool filters that have injured children or inadequate drain covers that can entrap and drown a swimmer or anything like that, or improperly installed pool lighting or things like that. I mean, are these things covered under your general liability? They can be, and I hate to speak in absolutes on a coverage because um, a lot of times those are going to be on a case-by-case basis, but you always want to make sure that you're buying the broadest coverage that the carrier or your agent can provide um, and that you're really working with someone who understands your business, uh, who understands the function of your operations, and who understands the risk that, that maybe you don't even understand yet. So um, one reason we've been successful and, and, and really enjoy growing the pool uh, program is that a lot of people were that we ran into were written through the ENS market, which stands for excess and surplus. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, pool builders were looked at kind of as the redheaded stepchildren of, of the contracting world. Um, underwriters and carriers were oftentimes scared by the situations that you explained uh, or, or used as an example earlier. And the ENS uh, policies have a lot of uh, the coverage is not as broad. They have a lot of exclusions. Their rates are generally higher. They're, they're just, they're a catch-all for when you can't get a better. Um, so what we were able to do is work with a lot of our carriers uh, in this, on the standard side of insurance to get better payment terms, better rates, broader coverage, and, and really work to, to put a, a package together that takes care of pool builders uh, in all facets of their operation. As far as contractual liability, Trey, I mean, what are some of the things that pool builders can do to protect themselves? Yeah, great question. Um, a lot of pool builders sub out a lot of work. So there's there's two sides to the contract question. Uh, you have a contract in most places, in most situations with the customer. So the homeowner or the business that you're building the pool for. And you want to make sure that, that that's been reviewed by a legal uh, counsel and someone to give you some feedback on that because the only thing worse than not having a, a good contract in place uh, is having a bad one. So, you know, the contract is binding and if it's not written correctly, you can 
bring on more liability or, or problems than you're scaving off. So you want to make sure you have a good contract with your customer. Uh, the other thing I would suggest and, and suggest strongly is having a contract with your subcontractors. Um, you want to make sure that you're being listed as an additional insured, uh, lost pay on their policy, and that they have matching limits to you. So you, at bare minimum, you want your subs to have general liability in place, uh, that $2 million limit we talked about earlier, and also right. workers' compensation insurance. That is uh, an outstanding suggestion, Trey. Um, yeah, they should be added as an additional insured if they're working with their subcontractors. And I think that's something that a lot of builders forget to do. Yeah, and, and before the project starts, I know it's another step. And, and I mean, hey, 2020, it was the best year ever in the pool business. And I'm sure 2021, at least for most of my customers, is off to an even better start. So, so there's plenty of work to be done. And we're trying to, to push to do that work as quickly as possible. But you want to make sure you have a good certificate on file and a contract um, for every sub on every project. And, and that's just a step that once you get used to, to having it in place, you're also, your, your subs are gonna be used to it as well. And then if you're doing that at the start of every project, you, you're doing 95, 98% of the work you can do to protect yourself. For sure. Let's switch gears a little bit. I would like to talk a little bit more about pool service, okay? And maybe we could talk a little bit about workers' compensation and mm -hmm. what kind of exposure uh, service companies are facing. Sure, yeah. So so a lot of times I like to think about it from, from this angle. Uh, a pool builder is just a general contractor in most standpoint, in most most regards. They're setting up subs, they're keeping the projects online, they're they're working with the the homeowner or the business, you know, they have that actual contract, but they're bringing their subs on or they're self-performing a certain aspect of the work. Um, so that was one way we try to sell it as a, to our underwriters to, you know, to help them understand that this is no different than a lot of the other general contractors that you already insure. A service company, on the other hand, is just a janitorial contractor. Uh, they're doing, you know, cleaning, they're doing maintenance and things like that. But but there's really not, in my mind, I don't think it's something that an underwriter should be, be concerned. There are a few issues, and maybe we could talk about them, Trey. Sure. Because uh, pool service people in particular are prone to exposure to chemicals that can result in burns, eye irritation, inhalation damage to lungs. And the swimming pool contractor is actually responsible for controlling the job site and may be liable for any injuries that subcontractors or employees may sustain. So that's True. something that I think that they need to be aware of uh, in terms of what kind of liability coverage that they pick. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, from on the construction side, on the pool builder side, just remember that even though you're subbing out a lot of the work, your contract uh, or the customer's contract rather is with you. It's not with those subs. And so you have a, you have a responsibility to, to keep that job site safe and clean. But basically any, any work that is not done well by your subs, you know, can fall on your shoulders. So that's why you want to have that risk transfer agreement and that contract in place with the subcontractor. And on the general liability side, this may be switching gears a little bit, but if you have a subcontractor and they have their own workers comp and you have workers comp in place, if they have valid workers comp insurance, they cost you $0. Mm -hmm. So there, there's no additional exposure. Contrastingly, on the general liability side, if you bring someone on as a subcontractor, you do still have some exposure, and a lot of times you'll see that as a different GL class code for insured subcontracted work. And that exposure is there because of what we just talked about. The, the homeowner or the business is contracted with you. It's not with 
the subcontractor. So because you're the general contractor or the contractor that brings that sub on the job site, you do assume some liability and it's no matter how good your contract is or anything like that, you still do have some exposure there and it's going to be picked up as an insured sub. From the cleaning aspect, like you said earlier, they do have, uh, you know, you are dealing with some chemicals, you are in charge of the water levels and you do have some exposure there. There's not a whole lot of oversight there from, from the state level. From, I think anybody can get into the, the pool service side and you just need to be sure you're familiar and fluent with, with the products you're using and, and the way that they're being used. Yeah, and that, that there, there are some excellent training programs to teach uh, pool service. Absolutely. Um, can we talk about business auto exposure? A lot of these guys, you know, they're maintaining a fleet of vehicles or uh, heavy equipment. I mean, what are some of the things that they're doing from the insurance side to protect their investment from the equipment and uh, the people that operate it? Sure. Uh, so I, I'm located in Georgia and our agency's got seven offices kind of between the Atlanta and Chattanooga area. And uh, one thing that that we are seeing uh, in the state of Georgia and a lot of the other states that we do business in is increasing auto rates. So that's being driven by several things in our area, especially, but, but really across the country. If you turn on the news or Jeopardy in the evening, you're going to see four to six commercials from uh, law firms advertising. Were you hurt? Were you hit by a big truck or a you know, commercial vehicle? And, and those claims and judgments continue to skyrocket. Um, in the state of Georgia last year, the top 10 claims, uh, commercial auto claims, were over $465 million. So the big claims are just astronomical, which makes coverage expensive and not profitable for the carriers. And so rates are, are climbing in an effort to, to keep up with that. Um, the other things that you have working against you are um, cell phones. As great as they are at bringing technology and, and ease to our life, they're a huge distraction on the road. And those are some things we can't really combat. What you do have a lot of, what you do have a lot of control on is who you put behind the wheel in your commercial vehicles. So be selective. You want to run MVRs for potential new hires to see if they're going to be a good fit for you. You want to have a, a hands-free cell phone policy to make sure that they're not, you know, on their phone or, and, and you just want to be cautious because again, that's the one thing you can control is, is who you give the keys to. I mean, basically there are a number of instances where pool contractors have find themselves in a position where there's a gap in the amount of insurance that they have. What are some things that you can recommend that pool contractors can use to insulate themselves from the gap in their general liability insurance? The easiest, I won't say the easiest, the most important thing you can do um, is to set up an LLC or a corporation. Uh, you're putting all your time and your, your effort and your sweat equity into building a business and getting it off the ground. Uh, and a lot of times that gets started with a pickup truck and your name on the side and, and you know, it, it just grows quickly. And before you know it, you've got a dozen vehicles and 15 employees and you're doing, you know, a million plus dollars a year. What I would suggest is, is again, setting up a corporation or an LLC. Those um, types of entities are set up to encapsulate and protect the liability from the company. Uh, we don't want to bring on any liability to our personal name. You know, we, we want to, you hear the term pierce the veil and, and things like that. 
and you may not know what it means, but you want to keep everything you have for the company uh, encapsulated in, in one entity, and we don't want our name personally to be involved in that. So you don't want to have your vehicles scheduled in your name or, or titled in your name. You don't want to buy equipment in your name. You don't want to rent things in your name. You want to use the LLC and, or the corporation's function as much as possible to uh, isolate that risk and take it away corporately. You know, if, if something happens, the worst of the worst, and you have a huge lawsuit or a huge claim and, and it breaks you, you want it to break the company and not the, not you individually. You know, you don't want to be left without a place to sleep at night. So just make sure that you, that's a good thing to talk to an attorney about is just making sure that the way you set up your company meets the, the function and the desires you have uh, as far as protecting yourself. I think like some of the things that contractors are mostly concerned about are like pollution liability claims, bodily injury claims, contract disputes. Sure. Uh, yeah. On, on that note, a couple of things I would just keep in mind uh, as you grow and your company becomes more successful and sophisticated, there are some things that may oftentimes be excluded that you may want standalone coverage for uh, that wouldn't be part of your general liability policy. Uh-huh. Those be pollution, like you mentioned. Uh, a lot of times those are going to have limited coverage or be excluded entirely. Um, I would suggest as, as you get more and more employees, employee practices liability, which is hiring and firing, um, discrimination, that type of stuff, not only with your customers, but also third party. So your employees to your customers or you to your employees or the FedEx guy to your receptionist. So there's a lot of things there that you might want to look into. Cyber coverage is something that's growing and expanding rapidly. So there, there's a long list of things that would be general liability and work comp would not be an exhaustive list. But, you know, if you're just getting off the ground, you may not be ready for those coverages as well. Yeah, I mean, I know cyber liability is new. Um there's also like some some instances where like uh, pool contractors have been sued for faulty equipment, things of that nature. I don't think that's covered under general liability, is it? Uh, it, it would depend on the situation. Uh, a lot of times it would not be. And, and that's why you want to make sure you've got yeah, good like more a manufacturer, like a product recall, right? Correct. Correct. And you, may, you want to make sure you understand how that situation would work with your provider of your uh, equipment and and have that conversation with your equipment rep as well. Well, I mean, if anybody's interested in uh, getting general liability for their pool construction or pool service business, where's the best resource? I'd suggest looking for uh, an independent agent in your area. And then just kind of like CPA firms and lawyers, everyone has a specialty. It's hard to be good at everything. So I'd look for someone who has a construction focus. And if they have a pool program or something of the like, that'd be even better. Thank you so much, Trey. I mean, I'm sure that you get a ton of these kind of questions all the time from pool builders, but I mean, this kind of information to somebody who's maybe just getting into the industry or is looking for a little bit more information about what general liability uh, does and doesn't cover, I think is kind of invaluable. Sure, sure. Glad to do it. I've enjoyed this, Joe. That was Trey Lene with Star Matthews. They're providing expert insurance planning for pool companies in Georgia and offered us some valuable insights to help pool contractors protect themselves with the right general liability coverage. Thanks again for joining us and make sure to subscribe to the Pool Magazine podcast. We'll catch you next time.